Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to Faith Community, United Methodist Church. It is good to be in God's house, and we can continue to celebrate by saying, Christ is risen. risen It is the fourth Sunday of Easter. It is uh, about this time, and we should be having that so much into our being that we recognize that Christ is risen in all that we do. We are the body of Christ. And we are the ones that are able to rejoice and take that with us wherever we go. It is in that attitude, in that frame of mind that we come this day, which is Confirmation Sunday, that we celebrate new folks coming into the body of Christ in a new capacity. It is our privilege to be able to do that. So I ask you to have that mindset with you all morning, being a mindset of rejoicing and celebrating as we worship together today. Please rise for the call. Wait, announcements. I almost forgot. There are several things that we have uh, still to uh, remind everyone of in our, what is happening in the life of the church. There are carnations that are uh, out and to be presented for Mother's Day, so uh, be mindful of that. Also, there we have two things. We have emotional wellness and physical wellness, and uh, both those things are in your bulletin in order for us to be mindful of our emotional wellness. Uh, the Stevens Ministry uh, branch in the area is putting on a program to help us with that. And then the, there's a the, uh, lifeline of being able to help us with our physical understanding of our bodies. Uh, that is available for you to sign up for for those screenings. Uh, also, keep in mind the calendar that is in there for all the different uh, meetings that are going on this week. And I wanted to also make you aware of a sign-up for another meet-and-greet. I've done a few of these. I have one tonight. Uh, My wife and I, we go and we're hosted by a family who invite folks to come and uh, meet us and have conversations. Uh, Erica and Kyle uh, um, Stone are going to have a a one on May 9th at 7 p.m. and there's a sign-up sheet outside for you Uh, if you want to be a part of that. If you've already been a part of one, don't sign up for another one. This is for people that haven't been able to be a part of that. So keep that in mind as you leave today uh, to sign up for a meet and greet. We will probably have a few more of those if those dates don't work for you uh, so we can meet more and more of the congregation and see where we are as a church. Again, we are the body of Christ and we are here to worship. Please rise for the call to worship. The call to worship is printed in your bulletin. <clears throat> we will join, or come walk with us. We will join the journey. Let us talk together. We will listen and speak. Christ goes with us. And now please remain standing for our opening hymn, The Church's One Foundation.
Thank you. You may be seated. And please join me in our opening prayer printed in your bulletin. Holy One, we are often confused by the events in our world. Come and walk with us. Open our hearts to hear your truth. Plant the seed of new life within us. In trust of your loving presence, we pray. Amen. Can I please have the children come forward? I saw quite a few children um, out in the narthex hoping you can come join us for a children's sermon this morning. Green is good. Green is good. Okay. All right. I'm going to come down here and face you guys. If I told you, if I asked you, what season are we in, what season would you say we're in? We're in the season of April for just a couple more hours, aren't we? I agree with that. Spring and school season still, that's right. Can you think of any other seasons? We're getting close to summer season for sure. Definitely warm weather coming, not in the next couple of days here, but soon we'll have that. What about if you were a sports fanatic? What season would you say this is? Baseball season, track season, playoff season, could say that. The NBA playoffs for sure, huh? What if you were a farmer? What season is this? Anybody know? Planting season, very good. So let's talk a little bit about planting season. Let's pretend we're farmers today. If I, my, my dad, he sold seed corn for many, many years. And so he had kernels of corn and the farmers would plant them. And if, he, if they planted kernels of corn, what would grow? Corn. Do you think the farmers would be a little bit upset if my dad gave them seed, uh, uh, some corn seed and instead they grew tomatoes? That would not be good, would it? And um, my husband's Aunt Susie is in the back of the church here, and she and her son are going to go out. If they go out and plant a bunch of wheat, what do they expect to grow? Wheat. They'd kind of be upset if sunflowers grew instead, wouldn't they? So they say this is like you reap what you sow. And for years, I did not know what that meant. So I want to tell you guys the secret of reaping and sowing. So reaping is like gathering. So can you say gathering? Good. And sowing is like scattering. Scattering. So what you scatter is what you gather. And so what I want to make sure you guys know is that if you scatter goodness and kindness guess what you're probably going to get a lot coming back to you? You're going to get the goodness and kindness back, aren't you? Whereas if we scatter hatred and anger and meanness, what's going to come back? Not good stuff. Yeah, you, you reap what you sow or you gather what you scatter. And that's the lesson that I want you guys to remember today. And I also want to congratulate you because you guys all must have planted some rice because you're going to gather some Rice Krispie treats today. <laughs> Somewhere. 
Where are they? <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so they were hiding. All right. You guys enjoy those. Everybody else, if you could um, please turn in your hymnal to page 377. We'll sing It Is Well With My Soul.
It is well with my soul. That is a question that we are asked every day. Is it well with my soul? When we struggle with the answer to that question, it is something that we have a pathway to God to say, God help me with understanding that it is well with my soul. It is through our prayers that we are able to connect with Christ. To connect with the one who nurtures us, who guides us, who convicts us. The one who gives us comfort and lets us know it is well with my soul. Let's go before our Lord in prayer. Gracious and merciful God, we come to you this day as this body of Christ within this community. We come to you with oh, so many things that are on our minds and on our hearts. So many things that make us wonder. Things that we struggle with. Things that we're celebrating. Lord, there are so many different things that our minds go through each and every day. There, there's so many influences, so many things that just make us not understand what is happening. Lord, we are grateful that you have a way of sorting things out. That you know all things, that you are aware of everything that is happening. You know where we're headed, you, you know where we've been. And most importantly, you know where we are. You know the status of our soul, the status of our hearts and minds and where we're at. It is you through the Holy Spirit that we call to and say, Lord, make something make sense out of this. Help me to find the joy in the midst of hopelessness. Help me to understand that I am comforted even when I feel uncomfortable. Help me to see how people have surrounded me and I didn't even know where they were coming from, but I know that you have been nudging them to support me, to support me. Lord, you are in our midst. You are always active. Open our minds and our hearts to you. Help us to walk with you each and every moment so that we can have that relationship that helps us to move forward each and every day. That we aren't anchored to the wrong things. But we are on the move with you. Lord, for those in our congregation who are needing your support in many different ways, we just ask that you would be with them, that you would be the encouragement for them. And Lord, we do look forward to the celebration today of acknowledgement of faith and affirming what we believe and what we trust. So help us understand what is means to say it is well with my soul. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we come together each and every week, we come with experiences that we've had in our communities, where we've seen things that, that, struggle, uh, that tug at our hearts. Let us know there is more to life than what we know. And that God has called us to be involved in the things that we see. The church is here as being a, a, an avenue or a mechanism for us to be uh, Jesus into our community. And it is through our giving that we can remain as being a part of that mission work. Ushers, would you please wait upon us? dedication. God of love, source of all goodness, you hear our cries and you answer. With grateful hearts we bring our gifts to you. We bring our offerings as a gift of thanksgiving for your presence in our lives. May we hear the cries of those around us and as your servants may we offer ourselves with joy as an answer. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading today comes from Acts chapter 2, verse 14. 
and also chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and extorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. For those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Amen. Before we play, um, you see the songs that we're doing. These hymns, you young people may not know this, but uh, nowadays when music's written, normally the verses, the lyrics, and the sound, the song, goes together. Maybe two people write it or one. But hundreds of years ago, people wrote poems, and most of the hymns we have were poetry, that were written and music was added later. Uh, Fairest Lord Jesus um, was, is called Beautiful Savior in maybe uh, 20% of hymn books and the rest Fairest Lord Jesus. But it was written in 1662, uh, the, the verses by, uh, in a Jesuit, uh, it was from a Jesuit manuscript wrote so a, so a Jesuit priest who was moved by God wrote those lyrics to fairest Lord Jesus and then later on the music was added uh, now for the second one which one of the greatest hymns ever written by Isaac Watts when I survey the wondrous cross the the lyrics are just stunning um, I don't think you could find lyrics more powerful and all of Christendom than what Isaac Watts wrote. And he wrote this in um, um, uh, 16, oh, uh, I think 16, or, uh, 1690, somewhere around there. But the music that we're going to play, there's two tunes to the song, but the one we're going to play um, came from a Gregorian chant in 1824. And that's the, the common tune that we sing it to. Isaac, Isaac Watts wrote over 600 hymns. Think of that. And so as you uh, listen to this, uh, you can turn your hymn. I'll be doing two verses from Ferris Lord Jesus and three from When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Uh, it's 189 is the first song. 
298 is the second, or you can just listen however. But when you hear it, just think that uh, people inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote the music and the words.
Thanks, Vic and Jean. As I have been meeting with different groups uh, within the church, I have had opportunities to share some of my uh, faith journey with them. A part of my story begins well, not too far from here at Mary Help of Christians Catholic Church in Fairborn. I was baptized as an infant there. As far back as my memory goes, my mom took me and my brother and sister to church there every Sunday, unless, of course, we were out of town camping or visiting other family. From the time I was in first grade through eighth grade, every Sunday I attended CCD, which stands for Confraternity of Christian Doctrine. I actually had to look that up because I never knew what that stood for. I just knew I had to go. CCD is more commonly known as catechism class. It was religion class for all the kids who didn't go to a Catholic school. At the conclusion of my eighth grade year, I was confirmed along with my fellow classmates. Now, if I'm honest, at the time of my confirmation, I was more excited about being done with CCD classes than I was about being confirmed. I was excited about only having to go to church and not attending CCD classes to maintain my status within the Catholic Church. Eight years of CCD, and I missed the point. Evidently, my focus was on my relationship with the Catholic Church and not on my eternal relationship with Jesus and my brothers and sisters in Christ who are the church. About four years after my confirmation, due to my parents' divorce, I lost my connection with the church. And whatever faith I had was set aside Thankfully, Jesus is merciful and walked with me and brought people in my life who encouraged me in my faith. When I was 30 years old, I finally made a real connection with Jesus Christ. And I was truly able to affirm my faith and walk each day knowing that Christ was not only with me, but in me. So today on this Confirmation Sunday, I want to be the encourager. Like I did for a long time, too many Christians see their faith as just a, a part of their lives. The reality is the way we live either affirms or denies our faith. I don't want our confirmands or any of us to miss the point of us affirming our faith. So our text today in Acts 2 follows the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' closest disciples, who were compelled to go into the streets to share the good news of Jesus, the risen Christ. This event in history is considered to be the birth of the church. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, shared Jesus' love with the crowds, affirmed his faith, 
and called the crowds to respond to what they heard. Peter wasn't asking the people to join a church. The organized church, uh, the Christian church, hadn't even been established at that point. Peter was offering Jesus and inviting people to a life in Christ in community with all believers. The response Peter called for in our text today is also something that we have captured in our baptismal vows that are affirmed during confirmation if we are baptized as a child. When we take our vows, we are ultimately answering this question, how do we live a life that affirms our faith in Jesus Christ? The vows we take aren't about what we have accomplished, but about our response to what Jesus has done through his life, his death and his resurrection, and what he is doing in our lives through the Holy Spirit today. After Peter preached to the crowds, declaring who Jesus was, what he had accomplished on the cross, and that he had been raised from the dead and ascended to the heavens, he concluded, Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, the Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? The crowd asked Peter what they should do. And before we talk about what Peter told them, we need to recognize that just in asking what they should do, they had already started to respond to the good news. We are told Many in the crowd were cut to the heart. Or in some translations, it states that they were deeply moved and troubled. They didn't just hear the words. They were moved to the core of their conscience to believe. To believe that Jesus was sent by God to save the world as the scriptures foretold of the Jewish Messiah. And in addition to being Messiah, they believe Jesus is Lord, declaring that Jesus is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, that he is fully divine and fully human. Friends, our first response to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ is belief, which Paul noted in his letter to the Romans like this, writing, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Every day that we wake up, we must affirm our faith. We may not have to do it in front of a congregation, but we do have an audience with the Lord. To affirm our faith, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So how does one, how does our life demonstrate this confession each and every day? Do we wake up thanking God for the, for the new day, praying in the name of Jesus? Do we invite Jesus to lead our lives throughout the day? Are we able to admit our need for Jesus as Savior? And if we are asked to affirm this baptismal vow, do you, 
confess Jesus Christ as your Savior. Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Are we able to answer, I do, with confidence? And affirming faith begins with confessing our belief. Faith in Jesus Christ does call for a change of heart, which really is a complete change in our life direction. You have heard the scripture, for we live by faith, not by sight. That is the change that we make. Before we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, our selfish desires, what we see, directs our lives. After affirming our faith in Jesus through confession, Peter shared what believers should do, saying this, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What was Peter saying? There are a couple of things that are important for us to understand. The first is what it means to repent. To repent means to turn around or to turn the other direction. We are to turn away from allowing our desires to be our life compass and turn toward Jesus as the source of our motivation and our influence. The world is filled with influences that play into our natural desires and we are tempted to Take whatever the world offers. Being created in God's image, we have a conscience which provides some understanding of right and wrong. But we must also recognize the evil that exists. That there are spiritual forces and powers acting in opposition to God's purposes which corrupt our hearts and our minds. To affirm our faith by repentance, we intentionally align our lives with Jesus. Again, this is a daily thing. We have to bring Jesus in to focus. We must keep our eyes on Him. This means we, we walk with Jesus. We talk with Jesus. We listen for Jesus' voice speaking to our conscience. We learn His ways revealed in the Scriptures. We acknowledge and confess our our sins to Jesus and receive forgiveness and trust that in Him we are free of sin and have the power to resist temptation. So when I say intentional, I mean taking deliberate, purposeful steps to align with Jesus. To accomplish this, I have a morning practice of prayer, Scripture reading and devotional reading. I have given permission to Christian brothers and sisters to keep me accountable to my faith. Throughout the day, I call on Jesus' name. When I notice my mind wanders where it shouldn't, or I'm tempted to say something, or judge someone, or recognize I'm anxious, I literally say, Jesus, In my mind, if others are around, or I say Jesus out loud is sometimes when I'm by myself. 
And I say Jesus, followed by something assuring or reassuring, like Jesus, replace my thoughts with yours. Or Jesus, in you, I have no need of fear. When we are intentional, we uphold these two vows which ask. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sins? And do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? When we align our lives with Jesus, we are able to stand firm in our faith. Aligning with Jesus is not something we do alone or not on our own. The second response to our confession of belief that Peter prescribed is to be baptized in the name of Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. The word baptize in its simplest meaning is to immerse or to initiate into. Baptism was an ancient practice that was used for many purposes where a ceremony act of immersing persons in water was used to express their initiation into a new relationship. John the Baptist was baptizing people in a baptism of repentance. Meaning, those who were baptized entered into a covenant promise with God that they would return to God and God's ways, admitting that they had gone astray. Being baptized in the name of Jesus does begin with a covenant promise to turn towards Jesus and His ways. But our baptism also initiates us into a covenant relationship with Jesus, who is alive in our hearts through the gift of the Holy Spirit, and also into a covenant relationship with the community of believers, His church. It is in our baptisms and confirmations when we affirm that we no longer live for ourselves but live in Christ and with the church to love each other and the world like Jesus does. To affirm our faith, we demonstrate our discipleship within the body of Christ, the church. To demonstrate our discipleship is to show evidence of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The role of a disciple is to be is to represent in as much likeness as possible the one who we are a disciple of, Jesus. Together we encourage each other in this faith journey of becoming like Christ by sharing our experiences, our own understanding, wisdom, gifts, resources, and service to and with one another. We can't do this if we aren't connected with a community of disciples. The local church provides this community for us. But we have to participate. We have to participate in the life of the church to grow in our likeness of Christ together. This is why we are asked to confirm these vows. According to the grace given to you, Will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? And as members of this congregation, 
Will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? In Christ, we are part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Our faith in Jesus is not just about our personal salvation. It is life in community with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with all believers for all eternity, sharing the love of Christ with all we meet. Peter then affirmed that the promise we have in Jesus isn't just for us, saying, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Jesus came to save everyone who would hear and respond to his call. The corrupt generation mentioned includes all of humanity from the time of the fall when Adam and Eve were sent out from the Garden of Eden. Jesus came to save us all, to be restored and reconciled, to be with him in the new age to come, free of sin and death. Friends, Jesus' love extends to everyone, but everyone isn't hearing or even listening for Jesus' call. Like Peter, all disciples are called to testify to our need for a Savior and to whom God has sent to save us from this corrupt generation. To affirm our faith, we share the good news of Jesus Christ as a witness. We don't have to preach to the crowds like Peter necessarily, unless you are called to become a pastor and preach, but we must be willing to share our story. Our stories don't have to be amazing and dramatic conversions. They can be gradual realizations that Jesus is Lord and Savior. And for those of us like myself and our confirmands today, who were raised in the church, being encouraged in the faith throughout our lives until we could hear Jesus' call for ourselves, we should be grateful for the witness of our parents, our grandparents, other family members, our guardians, and our church family. They are all a part of our faith stories. Friends, it is good news. Jesus is for everyone. Hearing the good news of Jesus Christ calls for a response. A response that affirms that we didn't only hear the good news, but we believe the good news and will live a life that affirms our faith. We do this by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, aligning our lives with Jesus, demonstrating our discipleship within the life of the church, and witnessing to our faith in Jesus Christ in our communities. May our life of affirming faith be an encouragement to each other and to the world around us. Amen.
At this time, I'm going to invite Scott Jenkins to come up, who was a part of leading our compromands uh, in this journey that they've been on. But before his presentation of the candidates, we need to remind ourselves that through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. And through confirmation, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge who God is doing, is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. Scott. I'm very pleased this morning to present three young men who have been, already been very active in our congregation. We have the first one is Anthony Trent. He's better known as A.J., which I never knew his real name. <laughs> we have William Mossing, and we have Micah Fleming. They need to come forward, don't they? And the families come on as well. The families would line up in here by the names of your children if the guys would come on up. You guys can come this way, if you will. Stand up back here so people can see you a little bit. So as we enter this time of confirmation, I have a, a question for you that you were forewarned I, I hope. If not, you just trust in the Lord, right? That's how this thing works. It's a very simple question. Uh, in your confirmation class, you've been doing that for several weeks, maybe even a couple months. Um, think about your time and about how your faith, uh, what you learned about it in the class or in your time of sharing together that prepared you uh, to take ownership of your faith today? I don't know how to start this, but uh, it's not just about the joining of the church. It's about coming closer to our God and Lord and Savior. It's not about the membership. It's about Lord, not anything else. It's becoming stronger with our people and brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. How when we were reading the book of Luke and it just leads a path for us through the church and to share the word throughout the world. Um, the Holy Spirit will be our guide and comes in many forms to lead us to our um, life in heaven. Thank you, guys. I, um, I think that we all should be happy and proud with those responses. Uh, they are something that, um, you know, if we all, if I brought the microphone to each and every one of you and had you offer that as what of your life has been, uh, you may have struggled a little bit trying to share that today. 
Uh, so thank you guys for being so uh, elegant with your sharing of what it meant for you to get to this point. Uh, so I have some questions here for you that I'm going to ask and you will respond. I do if I start the question out saying, do you? And if I say, will you? That's when you answer, I will. You think we can do this? Okay, this is on behalf of the whole church. I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? According to the grace given to you, Will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? And you, will you who sponsor these candidates support and encourage them in their Christian life? And do you, as Christ's body, the church, Reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures from the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Now, I want you guys to gather around the baptismal here. So, so you all were baptized. You stand right on up there. You all were baptized as children, is my understanding. Uh, but at this time, we have the opportunity to try to remember. I know you were not going to remember uh, what was going on. You were probably, you know, just this big. And all you know is that people tell you you were baptized. 
But now that you understand, and you understand that uh, and within the church, there's one baptism. That we are baptized, we understand that it is God who has all of this capacity to make us new. It's not anything that we do. But in the baptism, that is what your families have said on your behalf. You answered the questions today. But I want you to remember uh, your baptism in the water and what it means for you to be born again, to be, it's a new birth, but it's also a washing of your sins. So it's, I want you to just to touch the water. You can put the cross on your forehead, whatever. This is just remembering your baptism to make that connection for you today. Amen. You guys can speak back over here. Actually, I want you guys to line up down here now. And actually go to the kneeler. Go around and kneel so that we can... In congregation, after I lay my hands on each one, at the end of my words to them, I will say, and all of God's people said, and you respond, amen, okay? Everybody, lay your hands here, family. Micah J. Fleming, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. William Mawson, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Anthony J. Trent, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water in the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You guys can stand. So far, you have made your connection with Jesus and your connection with Christ's universal church. So let's now connect you with the local church. So I ask you as members of Christ's universal church and you're loyal and will you be loyal to Christ through the United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? So, so answer I will. And pause for one moment. I have to invite two other folks to come on up for our next question. The two folks that are coming up are going to be joining as new members. They have already been members of the United Methodist Church, and they're joining this congregation today. They happen to be connected with me. <laughs> this is my wife, Suzanne Bandy, and my mother-in-law, Edith Lynn Everett. And they will be joining our congregation today. So I have this question for all of you. Is this, as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, answer, I will. Members of this household of God, I commend you these persons 
to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. Please. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love, as members together with you in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So may God, of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. Please welcome our new members with a round of applause. Scott, we want to help uh, families. You can go sit back down. Guys and new members, we have a gift for you. They have their names on them. <laughs> Each of our confirmands are getting a Bible and their certificate of confirmation. We have a new member packet and your certificate of new membership. Congratulations. Please stand for our closing hymn, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. In your hymnal, it's number 133.
and our encourager. We learn today that we are the body of Christ, that we do come together as one with the Lord. Go in peace knowing that you are not alone. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day and great week. Oh, yeah. oh.